Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Ask the Coach Show, episode 32. I'm Jeff Plum from Ping Skills, and with me, as always, is Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Morning, Jeff. How are you this morning? I'm very good, thank you. I'm excited for a new show. We've got some good questions coming up, but first, we need to answer the Ping Skillers question of the day that we asked yesterday, which was Should long pimples and anti spin rubber be banned? What's your thoughts, Alois? Yeah, I, I think keep them in. It makes the game interesting, especially when when defenders are using the long pimples with, uh, you know, way back from the table, they're able to get such good control from back there. I reckon it's spectacular. And even when they're using it close to the table, it just adds um, a little bit more variation to the game and it, it might be... It might be difficult for the, the general spectator to, to see and understand, but I think it really adds to uh, adds to the game. And as a player, I always say, like, it's it's still not that easy to use, and it gives you a, a good challenge, and it makes you really think about what you're doing, and it uh, adds a new dimension to the game. So I say keep it in, unlike one of our Twitter um, followers, Trevor Hurth, who... Uh, was not all that impressed with them. No, indeed. That was my favourite tweet, wasn't it? He said, not only should they be banned, but the owners should be sent to jail. Love it. Good tweet, uh, Trevor. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you on this one, Alois. Um, we need them in the game. It's good for variety. And people say it makes the game not look that good to spectators, but I don't really agree with that. I mean, if people start to understand the long pimples, they start to appreciate it, and even though, you know, to someone who doesn't know anything about it, it might look bad, as soon as you understand it, you're going to appreciate that, and I think it's quite good. And there's other examples of sports where, you know, just because something seems a bit odd doesn't mean it's not good. So I say keep them in. That's my yeah, thought. I, yeah, I, probably one of my favourite Australian players to watch is Jen Fang Lei, and she uses the long pimples. She's a pen holder, uses the long pimples and twiddles and uses rubber, and it just makes makes the game really interesting for me to watch because it, the, the game's changing all the time and, and she can change the way that she plays it all the time. So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, keep them in. Trevor Hurth, don't agree. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And so I, I really do think, it, yeah, it does actually, it can make the game even more enjoyable to watch in circumstances. All right, so the Pink Sealer's question for today is, should the ITTF, bring in a time limit in between points. Okay, so tennis has a time limit in between points. Should the ITTF do the same for table tennis? Let us know your thoughts. All right, Alois, now it's um, time for you to answer a question from Nick. Nick says, what is the difference between pimple in and out rubber? He's heard about long pimple rubbers, which are for chopping and defending. Can there be a long pimple rubber which has pimple in? I'm going to change from pimple in rubber to pimple out. Nick. Okay, Nick. Well, um, first, I haven't got my long pimple bat with me. I should have brought it with me. But um, this is um, an inverted rubber, and underneath this rubber, there are actually little pimples um, that are between the rubber surface and the sponge. So those pimples um, help with the bounce of the ball. Now, sometimes that top red sheet is flipped over and the, the pimples are on the outside. Now, what that does is that um, if the pimples are very short, 
it gives the player more control to play with and the ball goes a little bit more directly um, onto the table. If the pimples are long, then um, as, uh, as some of our uh, listeners will, will know, the long pimples will reverse the spin. So if I put top spin on it and they play it with the long pimples, it'll come back to me with backspin. So, so that's, that's the difference of the pimples and the smooth rubber. Um, as far as long pimples in, no. Okay, no, that doesn't exist. I think the rubber would be just too wobbly on the on the surface and uh, and wouldn't have uh, have a good effect. It might be interesting to try though. Hmm. Okay, so you have the pimples in and the pimples out as well. That would be interesting to try. <laughs> yeah, or, or or just the long pimples in. So they always have the the pimples in are always very short, but if you have the long pimples in, I wonder what that effect would be. <laughs> yeah, very, very strange. So, um, yeah, sometimes people get confused, don't they? But the inverted just means that the pimples are, are facing down and you've got the smooth rubber on the front. So inverted or normal rubber, they're often terms you hear, aren't they, Alois? Yeah, that's right. Just different terms. Great. All right, well, thanks for the question, Nick. I hope that clears things up. Next up from uh, CC, we have a question that says, I have this problem because I want to get my arm to my eyebrow for the forehand topspin, but then my strokes are too vertical. I was told to shoot through the ball, but I'm unable to stop myself from playing vertically. How can I hit through and not up? Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. This is a this is a common one. So if you're if you're just standing still and moving your bat from here there, you can see that the angle of the trajectory of my bat is quite vertical but what happens in reality is that when you're playing your stroke you're also rotating so you're twisting forward so now have a look at what's happening to my bat it's going forward and up to my eyebrow so the the critical factor here is if you want to get that ball, go, uh, ball going more forward is more rotation here to start off with the other thing is you can vary the finish position slightly. So it doesn't have to necessarily come straight up to the eyebrow here. It could finish a little bit more in front of your head. Okay, so it could be, uh, always say, if you think about a ruler sticking out of your head and you're going to finish at the end of that ruler rather than at the start of the ruler. And that, again, gets the back going more forward if that's what you if that's what you're after for a little bit more forward momentum on the ball. So yeah, so just just slight variations in what you're doing but also but really remember that rotation is what's going to get the back going forward as well. Okay, great. Um, hopefully that helps CC. Now um, we've just had a question from Kian who's asked via the QA app live on our show. Thanks for the question Kian. So Kiana said I try and do a forehand topspin, but it keeps on hitting the net. Help! So this is a similar sort of question, Alice. Yeah, that's right, Kia. So the, what happens there most of the time is that you're just not generating enough topspin on the ball. So if you're hitting too flat, so a little bit um, sort of contrary to what we were talking about in the previous question, if you're hitting too flat, then the ball is going to have that sort of trajectory. But when you start to brush the ball a bit more, okay, then the ball is going to dip 
over the net. So then you're getting a nice clearance over the top of the net and you don't need to mess with the net at all. So get a little bit more brushing action on the contact and a little bit more topspin and that will start to get the ball to to dip and, and go a little bit higher over the net. So the topspin is the key there, just that brushing action. And for you, Kian, probably really focusing on this finish position um, might be key. Excellent. All right. Well, good luck with uh, getting some more topspin on your strokes, Kian. Now, Rex has a question. And Rex says, as a lefty, I've seen you hit a forehand and forehand smash with a curve to the right side of the table. Can you do a curve, which he calls a screwball, to the left side with a forehand? And what about a backhand screwball, Alois? Yeah. So, yeah, all of that's possible. Um, so, to... The, the stroke you're talking about originally is is when the ball's curving around to the left. So I've dropped my wrist a little bit that way, and I'm curving around the ball there. Okay, so that's going to curve the ball that way. But if I reverse my wrist, so if I lift my wrist up now when I hit the ball, it's going to curve around the other way. So it's going to curve to my left, to your right. Okay, so so it just depends on the angle of the wrist that you've got. If it's down, it's going to curve that way. If it's up, it's going to curve the other way. And you can do that for the top spin. Um, I mean, you can do it for the smash as well. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather a nice flat smash um, because if you've got that advantage, just smash it and, and hit it as hard as you can on the table. But, um, but yeah, certainly you can do that and that. And can you do it with a backhand? Certainly can. So, so the same thing, you can brush the ball across that way or you can dip the 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 bat and curve the ball the other way. Experiment a little bit. Yeah, it's it's fun to play those strokes. I guess the key point is get the basics down first and and then start to experiment and try and play some of these strokes and uh, have a bit of fun with it. Yeah, we always always stress the the basics are the real key. You've got to get those first, but you know, it can be lots of fun, yeah. Can be lots of fun. Absolutely. Yep. So Rex, have some fun with that and experiment around, and let us know how you get on. All right. Now, Gustav has asked us a question, and it is: When I make a let serve touching the net, should I make the same serve again, or should I switch to a different serve? Ah, good question. Because and this is one I see a fair bit. So, do you serve the same serve again after a let? I think it's really important to watch the reaction of the receiver when, when the let happens. So, for example, I often see players try a really long, fast serve out to their out to the other person's forehand or back end or whatever it is, and the receiver isn't even going to react, but then they don't serve it again. So it, for, for those surprise type of serves, I think you can wait a couple of points just so that they've got back into their normal ready position again. So if, if for example, yeah, let's, let's do that. Think about that long, fast serve. Um, and for me, as a left-hander, I'm going to do a pendulum serve wide out to your right-hander's forehand. If I do that the first time and I see that you don't really react that well, then I'm going to store that up here. I might not do it on the next serve because... Once I've done that, 
I often find that the receiver will adjust their receiving position just slightly, so they'll move across a little bit to that direction. But after a couple of serves, they'll, they will have moved back into the, their normal ready position, and then I'm going to try it again. For a spin serve, so not necessarily a surprise or a fast serve, for a spin serve, if I do it and it touches the net and they like hit the ball out to the side and they have no idea with the spin, I will try that again on the next serve. Okay, because because I think that then they um, they might they still won't be able to react to it straight away and I'll try that again. But again it really depends a lot on um, the receiver's reaction to what that to that let. Yeah. Okay. What do you so if they seem like they were really comfortable and going to return it well, maybe you might try a variation. But if they look like they were struggling, go for it again. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and some when the ball hits the lead, it, it does become a little bit different, obviously. But um, yeah, uh, use use your um, your own uh, thought and just see whether you can work out: should I do it again? Should I not? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's no hard and fast rule here. It's just kind of um, just try and sum up the situation and see what you think is the best thing to do. Excellent. Well, thanks for that question, Gustav. That wraps up um, show 32. Thanks, Kian, for jumping online and asking a question live. Anyone can do that by going to our Google Plus page and going to the event and clicking on the little Q&A app and asking a question. Jeff, Jeff, we've got another one. Oh, Kian, okay, here we go. Let's just quickly jump in and answer Kian's second question, which is, what do you think of the plastic ball? Is it better than the original? Aha, uh -huh. well, I think at this stage, no, it's not better than the original, but I think it's going to be a reasonable replacement. So if they do have to change the ball, I think fairly soon the technology will be reasonable and it'll play similar to... Um, the celluloid ball. Um, I don't think they've got it right just yet, um, but I think it'll happen. Um, I th I've seen some of the some, some of the balls that sound pretty similar, and they look like they perform reasonably similarly. Um, I mean, they might maybe we talk about a little bit less spin and all that sort of stuff. But let's let's just give it another six months. Yep, just let's just see. Indeed. All right, well, thank you, guys. Um, make sure you check out our website, pingskills.com. Sign up for our free newsletter. And we've got some exciting news. Soon we will have this show as an audio podcast, so more news about that early next week. But until next time, keep enjoying your table tennis. Thank you, Alois. Have a great weekend, Pingskillers, and we will see you next time. Thanks, Alois. Thanks, Jeff. Lots of, lots of table tennis this weekend, you Pingskillers. See you.